Welcome to Lipstick Attitude, hosted by Dr. Elizabeth King, psychotherapist, hypnotherapist, author, and motivational speaker, specializing in trauma and women's mental health, and Yvonne Haas, psychotherapist and coach specializing in relationships, couples, and women's issues. This show is your dose of inspiration, information, and laughter. In each episode, Dr. King and Yvonne bring you hacks, tips, and inspiring stories to help you live a successful life. So ladies, grab your lipstick. It's time to do this. The Lipstick Attitude Podcast is powered by Suits, Stilettos, and Lipstick Foundation, a nonprofit movement to empower women and children from all walks of life to be resilient, self-confident, and purposeful leaders through education, mentorship, and community outreach. To learn more, visit sslwomen.org. Please note that this show is intended to empower and educate. It is not meant to be utilized as a substitute for individual therapy. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. This is Dr. Elizabeth King, and this is the Lipstick Attitude. I have here my co-host, of course, Yvonne Haas, because nobody's going to get her off the show. You know that. Good morning, Yvonne. (laughs) Good morning. I thought I was the show. What are you talking about getting me off the show? (laughs) We're not getting you off the show because you are the show, my love. You certainly are. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And today we have one of my besties and my sister and someone that I adore, Dr. Jessica Vera. Hi, how are you, Dr. Jessica? Good morning, ladies. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. It's been way too long. I miss you terribly. I can't wait to give you a hug. Well, uh, a virtual hug, even though we will be together. (laughs) (laughs) Even even when we're together, we'll be doing virtual hugs. This is just awful with COVID, but I would love to see you. And it's awesome to see you this morning. And we have just an amazing program for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Today, Dr. Jessica Vera very affectionately known as Dr. J, will be here to inspire and equip us with all the knowledge that she has to be your best self, no matter what situation, no matter if it's a bad situation, she's going to help us um, get through all of that because she has a story to tell and so much wisdom. Ladies, you're going to be impressed. So get your coffee or your your favorite tea and get ready to have some girl talk here with my my friend Dr. Jessica. So welcome. So much Elizabeth. It's my total pleasure and privilege to be here. I am so excited. It's been way, way too long. <laughs> way too long. Way too long. We have a very interesting topic. When when we sent this out to Jessica She sent back a topic that I honestly was not expecting. I thought you were going to talk just about your foundation, which is amazing. But you went further in talking about how to publish your passion to profit. And it intrigued me with that title. And I know everybody's intrigued right now as I'm saying it. And I know that to every, to every human being, there's a story behind it. And when you and I talk about this all the time, and your story is just, just so inspirational. And, you know, I just want to talk first about a little bit about your story, your lipstick attitude story, because I know that you have such a profound and, and, and such an inspirational one. And then we're going to talk about how 
you have utilized your story to really give the world a message, a message that at the end of this program, every woman is going to go walk away from this knowing their true, their true passion and their true, what to do with their true passion. Because this, this is what people don't know what to do. So let's start with first you giving us an overview of your story, sure. Jessica. Pleasure. So my story is dredged in a lot of um, negativity and unfortunately it's shared by too many women and too many um, men in our world. And that is the story of a child that um, experienced complex sexual trauma. I was um, repeatedly abused and um, assaulted and raped throughout my early childhood and then into young adulthood. It was more of the same. And I, you know, at the time as a child, you really can't reconcile those kind of experiences. You just don't understand why those things happen to you. Um, and, and it had a pretty significant toll at that time in my development. But when I got into my young adulthood, um, you know, by the grace of God, I was really able to use all of those really negative experiences that should have destroyed me, right? They could, anyone, any, any which one of them could have destroyed me, but in actuality and how they were compounded led to um, just a fuel, a fuel and um, a resiliency, I think, that led me to find my survival in education and in wanting to help and others by learning as much as I could about how trauma of that type can really um, stifle somebody's potential. So um, when I was a young adult, I really dove into academia and learning everything that I could to help myself first. Um, and then as I was helping myself, I realized there was just so many people who shared my story, but it was a very huge taboo until just, you know, I would say in the last decade, has it become a little bit more acceptable in our culture to speak about, you know, our sexual traumas and um, some of the difficulties that women and men go through. And it's still pretty much a taboo for men to talk about having been sexually assaulted. So um, I think that we're evolving um, as human beings. We're starting to recognize that our stories are very powerful um, and we shouldn't be ashamed and we shouldn't be uh, carry harbor any guilt or any resentment or any anger, but that we need to recognize that we can heal through the pain and we can definitely refine through the pain and come out the other side with an amazing um, testimony, right? Of resiliency and hope and inspiration for others who unfortunately might still be in the darkness. And so that is kind of my story in a nutshell, right? And it kind of segues and leads into why I so wholeheartedly believe that, you know, success leaves um, nuggets of gold in the dark times of my life. I would have never thought that those kinds of experiences could have been um, turned anything, turned into anything other than pain. Um, but in actuality, they became... Um, my uh, ways of kind of um, stepping into what, what I do today and helping other people and, and how I specifically help other people and building through their own stories and turning those stories of desperation and pain into hope, inspiration and empowerment. Wow, that's, that's, <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot and, and so profound. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for being raw and 
and willing to share your story. Um, so oftentimes women, you know, think that it's only happening to them. And so they don't want to talk about it because, you know, the shame and the blame that they feel, especially surrounding sexual trauma. Mm -hmm. So the fact that you're talking about it and that you're, you know, are well known in the community and that if this could happen to you, then it can happen to, to me or to anyone. Um, so I so appreciate you being so genuine and raw and being able to share. Thank you. Yeah, you know, I wanted to ask you, Dr. Jessica, because it is a situation that happens to so many people. And like you said, it, it's still very taboo and, and we don't really talk about it, but you somehow took your setback and created, turned them into setups in life. And I think, you know, I think especially with social media, we look at so many women and say, oh, they could do it. You know, she could do it. Of course she could do it. Look at her. You know, what do you, what do you tell women? Like, how do you get them to turn their setbacks into setups? So, I mean, truly it's about, um, being ready. I think that every individual, like I said, has a story and there are points of um, pain. And what I have found is that when people typically are at a place where they're going to have a breakthrough, it's because of the fact that the pain has become so unbearable that it's interfering with every aspect of their life. And it's at that particular moment that you can intercede and you can help them identify that what is actually pain can refine them and give them the opportunity to see how it can be converted into strength and areas that can be um, actualized and um, developed even further for their own good. So it's meeting people where they are because to assume that everybody who's gone through this experience is going to be at the same place um, in terms of their healing journey is a mistake. We need to be able to meet people specifically where they are in that healing process and try to find the strengths that they might not be seen because of the blind spots of the pain, right? When we're stuck in the trauma, um, we're not able to see beyond it. So sometimes that's the best time to come alongside someone who has had a similar walk, but not necessarily exactly the same, and who can then identify some things that they might not have seen themselves. So um, I typically take the position of you know, using my story as an example for hope, because like I said, most people still believe that they have to keep it a secret. You know, it's the biggest taboo in certain cultures. And I'm a Latin uh, woman. I don't know if it comes across in my accent because I think I've lost it. The Latin culture and in our culture, it is a huge taboo to tell your family secrets. Right. And so one of the tremendous family secrets has anything would be anything to do with sexuality. And so to be able to break that curse, I call it because it's the curse of silence. Right. Um, in and of itself is super empowering just to let them know if I if I can break through it, you can break through it. You know, and I just have to meet you um, when you're ready to do that. You know, you're you're a psychologist. You um, you're a community leader. You are the founder of Elite Foundation, and we're going to talk a little bit about Elite Foundation. But you know, I think when women see a woman like yourself, you know, talking about these really tough 
tough topics. And especially when it's your story, you know, not just, you know, in a clinical setting, this is what we see. And, you know, Yvonne and I were both mental health professional like you are. And, you know, I think it's so impactful, right? When, when, when a woman like yourself is out there actually sharing her story and letting women know that this is something that can happen to anyone and that whether it's sexual abuse or physical abuse or emotional abuse or just life, you know, just life. Uh, we all have our stories. And um, I, I think that it's so impactful when you give permission to, to feel and, and be who they are unconditionally. Uh, I think that that's really the message that I get from you, Dr. Jessica. Um, and, and I am so grateful, you know, from the moment that you and I met and I heard your story and, you know, we connected like immediately. I remember this, you know, like if it was yesterday, it's been a few years ago. We learned, we met through a common friend, colleague uh, who wanted me to speak at your conference and I never had met you and, immediately I knew that you were the real deal and mm -hmm. you're doing incredible work. Talk to me, talk to all of us about what is it that propels you to keep going? What is, what is it? I'm going to tell you it's one simple thing. And that is knowing that I was once that child behind the veil of darkness and that I wasn't hurt. So I, it's what propels me every single day is knowing that if I put one foot in front of the other, even when it's really difficult, it means that I am closer to hearing the voices of those poor kids who are still stuck in those um, unfortunate situations or the women who are stuck behind the veil of their own homes um, or, you know, the adolescents who are out on the street who don't believe that anybody hears them. You know, I think that my particular experience has led me to understand that, you know, who am I to judge anybody's situation? I'm as I'm the same as by the grace of God that I'm not where they are. And so I have to be able to um, lose the worldly kind of, you know, I'm a doctor, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm the other, and be able to just step into the real um, experiences and to be able to be available and open and non-judgmental and um, be um, a servant, right? Be a servant leader and, and try to be available to people so that I can help them however I can. And some people, you just, you know, some people, it's just being present. Yeah. yeah. I, and, I and say breathing with them, you know, sometimes just breathing with them, right? Exactly. And, and helping them, you definitely are. So why did you create Elite Foundation? And, and tell us what Elite Foundation is. Sure. So, I mean... <laughs> As much as I love to tell my story, right? <laughs> I never thought that I was going to be called into continuing to have to relive and re-step back into the same story. Um, and about six years ago, I found myself, I do a lot of contract work for the state, um, and I'm a forensic evaluator for the Department of Children and Family and for the Department of Juvenile Justice. So I've always worked with at-risk populations, and I found myself hearing a recurrent theme, hearing a recurrent theme amongst our youth who had been um, placed in situations of exploitation, but now they were being commercially trafficked. And this I had never heard of in North America. I had always seen it in, you know, third world countries where there had been trafficking and 
you heard of it as modern day slavery, but never here within our borders and certainly not within our systems and certainly not within our backyards. Um, Elite Foundation was started because of the fact that I was called personally. I was touched personally. My daughter was um, groomed online by a predator when she was 16 years old. Then I was having this recurrent theme in the work that I was doing and all kind of culminated at the same time in the same moment. And you know, when they say right timing is everything. I mean, it was just like, you know, a light bulb went off and I just knew that I had to step into the darkness again, right? Step back into the darkness of what it means to be in the midst of depravity, right? What human beings can do to one another um, and to figure out solutions within that depravity for those that need to be saved. And so Elite Foundation is really a non-governmental organization that's completely 100% volunteer-based. Um, it is just a whole bunch of beautiful people who have a heart um, to step out, sometimes without any knowledge or experience, and just wanting to be able to be part of the solution of ending um, modern-day slavery in our backyards. So that's what the foundation does. Wow. Powerful. That's a powerful so, mission. Very powerful. And, and, you know, we support you 1000%, uh, Jessica, and the work that you do, being part of, uh, of an empowerment organization for women and children. You know, we see our role as um, needing to lock arms with you every step of the way, because, you know, what you do is... You know, you know, something that we see within our foundation, we see women and children being trafficked and, and we know that there's such a need out there. Um, I, I have this question for you because you, you, um, you know, tirelessly working to help people in so many different levels. And I, I wanna know why is it so important to you that you reach others and that you help others get to their fullest potential? Because I know what it looks like when we allow people to be stifled. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen the suicide of young children who had tremendous potential, but because they didn't have the right, um, they weren't equipped correctly, they didn't have the right resources, the right people didn't come alongside them. You know, they felt that there was no other alternative but to take their life. Um, and that to me is unacceptable. As long as I live on this earth, you know, if I can intervene and prevent someone from making that type of choice, because, you know, again, I've been there. I've been at that crossroad where I thought, you know, my life wasn't worth living because of everything that had happened to me. And I don't know what the power was that, you know, propelled me to push through at that moment. But what I do know is who was around me and who supported me at that time. And so, you know, I've seen it firsthand when I, I can look into the eyes of young people or young women or, you know, middle-aged women, and I can see that the life has just gone from them because of the fact that they're just so overwhelmed and overburdened by the pain that they're carrying. So for me, it's, it's about, um, it's life and death, right? It's ensuring that they understand their worth, their value, and anything and everything that I can do to instill that and empower that in them is, is my ultimate purpose. I love it. And it, and one of the ways I think you're empowering so many people is that they're sharing their story in writing now, yeah. right? So I, I see you on Facebook announcing new authors all the time, which I think is, you know, 
absolutely incredible. And I think it's um, amazing that people are willing to put in writing their stories for so many people to read and to reach. Um, so with the book, what is, what is one key ingredient to a successful writing journey? My personal thought is just getting started because I know so many people <laughs> say, I've had this book, including myself, in the back of your head, and yet it doesn't come to fruition. Right. I mean, the stats are horrific, right? 89% of people die with their story in their head, right? Exactly. <laughs> is that? I mean, it is, it is the key to every um, obstacle in life and that's fear, right? The greatest obstacle to any achievement that you want to be able to push through is typically stifled by fear, right? And so mm -hmm. one of the ways that we basically help is that we have a proprietary system that helps people go from concept to paper in 90 days and it has accountability triggers. And, and so we believe that there's no man left behind. We start as a community and we end as a community in our collaborative book programs. But, you know, the, the, cre the key, key, key ingredient of um, writing your story is based in narrative therapy. That if you can externalize your story, it becomes an entity of its own and it no longer controls you. And then if you can rewrite that narrative to have the ending that you would want it to be in life, then you basically, in all, by all essential purposes, have rewritten that story to be something so much more powerful. And that is the key, key ingredient of every author that we work with. It's, you know, the testimonials that we typically get are not about, oh, I had this story and I couldn't write it. It was, wow, I didn't realize that going through this process was going to heal me from this story. And it was going to have a greater impact in the world by leaving that message for others to be able to read and hopefully emulate, right? Follow their path. Mm -hmm. What, what do you say to people, because I hear this all the time, and I'm sure, Dr. King, you do too, when they say, I don't have a story. I challenge everybody. Has <laughs> everybody has a story. And that's the key, right? I mean, another key is that most people have a story, but they undermine their own worth of that story mm -hmm. because that there isn't anyone who is interested in wanting to read it. I mean, there are different reasons for why people want to write, but, you know, I'm always encouraging writers because I believe everybody's a writer. Everybody has the capability. It's a skill. You can learn it. So everybody's a potential writer. Um, I'm always encouraging that there is one person in this world that needs to hear your particular message. And it's that message that can change their life. Yeah. You know, I'm curious because you have the Elite Foundation is about human trafficking, but yet you have publishing as a subset. I'm interested and curious to know why and how you chose to do this. So the main reason is that when anyone has experienced any kind of coercion, exploitation, abuse, where there's been a differential of power, they lose their voice. They lose their voice and they become silenced. And so for Elite Foundation, we believe we are empowering people to regain their voice. We want to be the voice for the voiceless and we want those that lost their voice to recover it. And so it was natural to segue into a, a, a written form of art in order to be, you know, it's expressive therapy. How else can you um, help individuals articulate what they otherwise might not be able to say and um, express to you verbally? 
And so that would be in the written language, right? And so it was a natural fit of how do you go from, again, from the mind, right? From the concept to paper and how do you externalize and help people externalize their stories and help them find their voice again. And our book publishing program is not just to help them write their book, but it's also to build their platform. So then that gives them back their voice. And we've had such an amazing um, four-year trajectory of just success story after success story. Of, and what I mark as success is an individual having the realization that they, refound, that they found their voice again and that they can speak their truth, right? And we haven't had one author yet tell us that that hasn't been their experience. So can anyone uh, come to Elite Publishing and publish with you or do you have to have been part of human trafficking or have that kind of a story? So now our publisher side of the organization is a full full service scale publishing, indie publishing house. So anyone can submit their concept um, and literary agents will review it. We do predominantly um, publish genres that are nonfiction. We have um, very specific parameters for the manuscripts that we accept that are not part of our programs. And so they have to align, obviously, with the mission of the organization, which is to empower, right? It's to empower and to inspire and to bring hope back into the world. Um, so we do accept and we vet authors who don't necessarily go through our program. And you don't have to be a survivor of human trafficking. The beauty of this program is that because it's part of the nonprofit organization, we're able to scholarship victims of human trafficking who otherwise would never get an opportunity to do this type of work. And we do that by um, opening up the program to the marketplace at, at large. Wow, that's just amazing. And do you also help with coaching? So part of the program has triggers and literary agents and men, um, writing mentors. So it's, a, it, it's an entire full-scale program. So it does have coaching built in. Wow, that's awesome. So what, what you're saying is you're not busy at all. Like you got nothing to do, <laughs> yeah, nothing long to periods. That is an entire business model by itself for the foundation and you know when we started we wanted to ensure that we could be scalable and self-sustaining because neither myself nor my partner Wendy Elliott come from the nonprofit world we come from entrepreneurialism and corporate America so we don't know anything about that by the way <laughs> but we knew there was such a need and so we had to find ways to create be creative right be creative in the creative to find ways to fund all of our programming because all of our programming is free to the community and we have quite a number of programs so in order to be able to do that um, the publishing house feeds the nonprofit side completely so every single author who publishes with us they own their copyright they own their royalties but they pay into the program and those fees go right back into the nonprofit for the programming to the survivors and the victims of trafficking and sexual exploitation. So it's a beautiful, beautiful system where you know, you're investing in yourself knowing that you're paying for freedom for others. Wow, that's, that's beautiful. And what a great reason to go and sign up with Elite uh, Publishing. So uh, if anybody has a story, inside of you and you're ready to, you know, get it out, 
you need to call Dr. J and get started. Before we end, we always like to ask this question. And, and this is because I feel that SSL is creating legacy by helping women find their voice like you are, Dr. Jessica. And um, I'd love to ask this question, what you hope your legacy to be? I hope my legacy is that we end sexual exploitation. And that it isn't because of one person, but because we've changed the culture of humanity. That there shouldn't ever be the need to exploit one another in order to be able to fulfill some other gratification, some personal gratification. So yeah, my legacy is that that exact thing, that we make a dent in ending exploitation. Awesome. Yeah, I think you definitely will. I think you are really on a good path to doing that. I know that everybody adores you in this community and we all know that you're, you're doing such, uh, such incredible work. I say you're doing God's work, honestly. So you are absolutely creating your legacy as we speak. So thank you for everything that you do. Likewise, ladies, I think that you said it right at the very beginning when you and I met, you know, there was a, an immediate synergy. And then when I met Yvonne, I just thought, no, this is, this, this is, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, no, have fun, but all work, right? And do work. So there's no doubt that all of us, you know, it, like I've always said, it's not a person. It's not one organization. It's a collaboration. We're dealing you know, in principalities, there's a lot of evil in this world and we just have to be able to continue to do all of our work together and, and find ways to collaborate and to team up um, to be able to push back, push back this darkness, right? That's in our world and no better time than now, right? With oh, them. amen to that. So, Absolutely. Okay. By, by the way, a quick question. Uh, we didn't ask you this, but I do want to ask, and I would be remiss not to ask what and how are you pivoting um, with COVID, you know, fundraising and how can people, you know, help and, and all that good stuff. The irony of COVID-19 is that it propelled us right back to our strategic development plan that we had since the day we founded the organization. We mm. never believed that it was going to be brick and mortar because we needed to be global and accessible from anywhere in the world. So we have actually just stepped up, you know, again, we can't do community fundraising. So we're doing, you know, online digital programming, which is something we had been doing from the very beginning. We've really beefed up what I would call our donor acquisition segment, which was, you know, it's completely foreign to me. So we contracted with organizations that actually know this line of work and are helping to build the community because there, there isn't, um, there isn't a, a lack of humanity in our world. There's a lack of purpose and ability to impact. And so we're trying to create um, entry points so that people can put, bring their gifts and talents and feel that they're making an impact in this you know, mammoth of a problem that we have. So um, our pivot has just been um, more emphasis on developing relationships in a different way. Yeah. Uh, we certainly have uh, learned it the hard way as as well. So we get it completely. <laughs> <laughs> Learning every day, every yeah. day. Pivot one direction. Nope, not that one. Pivot the next direction. Wait, maybe not this one either. Just yeah. till it till you're in a tailspin. Yeah. yeah. 
our profession. We're totally virtual. <laughs> we're virtual, yeah. The, the yeah. good news is that we're learning and we're learning a lot very yeah. quickly, you oh. know, as far as technology is concerned. So um, there are some positives in, in this whole mess after all. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of, uh, Dr. Jessica, I understand you have a giveaway for our listeners. Uh, for my fatty sisters. So we are launching our end of year campaign, which is the release of our collaborative book. Our next book in a series is called Chosen. So this will be the fifth book in a series that has um, already had um, international acclaim across the first four books. And there's 76 authors who already became best-selling authors through the program. We're launching it um, November, well, actually today. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> it's a time warp. We get it. It's a total time warp. That is so funny. All right. So we launched it today. <laughs> awesome. Um, our taxi sisters are going to get a discount. So if they want to consider coming into the program, I think you're going to put the URL up. If they just put on their application that they are a sassy sister or sassy, I don't, what do you guys call the men? In your sassy cats. cats. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they'll automatically get a $500 discount on the program. Oh, nice. Nice. Very nice. Thank and, you for that. And where can they find that? We're going to put all of this in the show notes, of course, but what website should they go to? You've got a Bitly Elite Book Program with a capital E. All right. We'll put it in the show notes for sure. Awesome. Thank you for that. I, I think uh, you'll get some sassy cats and sassy ladies signing up. <laughs> and no excuses, everybody. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a story. All right. All right. So it's that time, ladies. Let's whip them out. The lipsticks, of course. <laughs> yes. I always have to say that in case people are just listening on a podcast app. Make sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's put on our lipstick attitude. Lipstick, of course, is our war paint. It's what we put on to go out and face the world. It's our resilience, our strength, our courage. You know, life definitely, as we've learned, has thrown us quite a few monkey wrenches. But put your lipstick attitude on and you will not only be a survivor, you will be a thriver. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening and thank you Dr. Jessica for being our guest and sharing such an amazing story and giving our listeners an outlet for them to share their message. And I really appreciate that and I know that everyone listening is right now jotting down on how to get in touch with you. So thank you again and God bless. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you.